Coming to you live from Keystone, Keystone, South Dakota, it's the Movie Change-Up Podcast, Mount Rushmore Edition. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Joe Fricky. and uh, if you haven't watched our show before, especially the Mount Rushmore Edition, basically we take various categories in the realm of movies and kind of go around giving our Mount Rushmore of what we think that category is, you know. And then after all three of us, normally there's four on this episode, but uh, one of us had to work, so we go around and we figure out these shows, Mount Rushmore. Today's topics, we have fictional athletes, dystopian settings, costumes, child characters, twist endings, and non-Oscar performances. So uh, how we came up with these categories is we didn't really have a general theme, which we normally do, so we all just picked two categories that we thought would be fun to do a Mount Rushmore for. Uh, Johnny, uh, you know, I think this was your idea to do a Mount Rushmore this week. What was your thought process uh, for some of these categories and uh, just general thoughts for this episode? Um, I wanted to really go with categories that, you know, in the past, every time we've done this, we've had a theme. So we're kind of stuck within that realm. So I wanted to just kind of do, you know, one that allowed us the freedom to kind of just do whatever we wanted or do stuff that we haven't really talked much about. Um, and that was a little quick to throw together because apparently having a puppy takes a lot of your time. So that was, uh, that was my thought process behind it. And I'm excited because, you know, I thought of a couple good ones, but I like, uh, what you guys picked as well. So, you know, there was definitely some, some tough thinking. I'm excited to see what you guys do with it compared to what I have. Yeah. And, uh, Bobby, uh, same to you. I know. You were kind of blanking on some categories, and so we sent yeah, some your way, but how do you feel about these categories overall? Yeah, it was tough. When it's so broad, it's like, and I was working too, and it's just hard to come up with just a random uh, random categories, but I think we landed on some good ones. Um, and my thought going in was, uh, because they were pretty broad for a lot of them, uh, I went with most of them were pretty iconic things or something that I thought would be a true like Mount Rushmore. And there's a couple of picks that I know are more personal that I definitely want to just bring up um, and I'll fight for them, but we'll see if they get on and uh, or if you guys have any other thoughts on it. But I always like throwing in some in there uh, to try to fill a spot just to be able to talk about a movie I like or a, or a performance or, a, you know, something something that affects. So uh, it should be fun to talk about them. I always like the Mount Rushmore episodes a lot less uh, combative than yeah. our, our usual pitches. I don't know. Johnny can uh, get these a little heated at times. Yeah, I said a, 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 a little less. Combative. A little less. All right. Yeah, I'm going to have the power of Philly behind me today. All right. Uh, I'll... Surprised I'll you're kick... not an eagle right now. Yeah. <laughs> it was very hard to see out of it. Uh, all right, I'll kick us off with our first category, which is fictional athletes. And if you don't know what that category means I don't know if I can help you uh, so I'd like to start off with the clear and obvious choice the one I assume will probably be on both of your lists uh, is Rocky Balboa he's you know kind of one of the OG like fictional athletes he has a statue build of him you know he's in eight movies at this point I believe um, yep. uh, you know we've seen a full arc of his character from you know, his beginnings as a boxer all the way until him becoming the mentor and kind of even the end of his mentor arc. So had to include Rocky Balboa. Uh, and this one was, I'll say this category was a little bit harder to pick when I selected it because I didn't realize how many of the sports movies are really just based on real people. 
So I, I think the options were a little bit more limited than I expected. And I decided to go uh, comedy for some of my picks, and I went with Happy Gilmore. Adam Sandler's in a bunch of sports movies, or sports comedies, and I feel like Happy Gilmore is his best character, so I had to go with Happy Gilmore. And then another pick, there's so many good baseball movies, and I just thought, which character would I want to see on a Mount Rushmore of fictional athletes? And uh, I ultimately went with... Charlie Sheen as Ricky Vaughn in Major League. It's one of my favorite just throw on, watch, and enjoy movies. It's not it's not the most convoluted or complicated movie. It's just a nice, simple movie, an entertaining character. And then finally, for my last pick, a little out there of a choice, uh, a character that, like Rocky Balboa, has a big franchise, or I wouldn't say big, but a popular franchise with lots of movies. And how could you not pick a fictional athlete who is dynamic in multiple sports, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, and going he, to space. And he even has kids who are who have met Santa, went into space, and are athletes themselves, and that is Air Bud as my final pick. So my four picks for fictional athletes, we have Rocky Balboa, Happy Gilmore, Ricky Vaughn, and Air Bud. And uh, Johnny would normally go next, but he is MIA at the moment. He's so, taking care of his own air bud right now. Yeah, he is taking care of his own. Oh, he's, nope, he's not he's as dead. well trained. Um, we had a spilled beer issue, so that oh. was fun. Um, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like, uh, or he likes knocking them over. Um, all right, I'll I'll run through mine because I like Joe's four. I have a uh, I think one crossover with you. We'll see if he allows me to. <laughs> Um, all right. So to start off, obviously Rocky Balboa, you know, he's the goat. He's the, uh, the best, uh, fictional athlete of all time. He's basically crossed into, you know, modern life and non, non film culture with, uh, you know, having a statue in Philadelphia. Um, I also went comedy with, uh, Reg Dunlop from Slapshot, um, Paul Newman's character. Uh, he is my favorite, like, comedic figure in any in any sports movie and i think that movie is just like you have major league and stuff but i think slap shot's a major reason why any of those movies kind of exist a lot of those sports comedies um and then i went with probably the best of the sports comedies you know that you can trace back to slap shot i went with ricky bobby um you know you don't normally think of athletes and think of uh drivers but i like the uh you know, Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. It really crosses over. Um, everyone knows the quote from that film, and everyone's seen it. So I think that's uh, just as far as, you know, you throw his face on there, everyone knows who, who he is. And then I went with uh, an interesting pick for my fourth choice. I don't think he has a chance to make the final um, Mount Rushmore here, but I wanted to give a shout-out to Johnny Utah from Point Break. Um, you know, he is an athlete in the movie. He surfs and – um, does all the like X game type of stuff, but he also, uh, was a, you know, college quarterback and that's never really shown in the film, but Johnny Utah, all time, uh, athlete in films. And it kind of shows, um, in a movie that's not exactly a sports movie, you can still kind of have some of those big sports action sequences and have a character with a, with that history. So I went with Keanu in point break, the great Johnny Utah is yeah. my if- fourth pick. Weirdly, one of two movies where Keanu Reeves plays a Heisman-winning quarterback from Ohio State. So Yeah. 
Shout out to the replacements. Yeah. A classic. That I, Shane Falco almost made my list, but I'm like, no one outside of like a select few people care about that movie, so I can't include it on a Mount Rushmore. All right, that brings us to Bobby. Yeah, so far, everyone mentioned either is on my list or I consider them except for uh, Keanu there in, in Point Break. I didn't think of that. I like the creativity there. But um, uh, to start out, I mean, the obvious one is Rocky. Uh, Rocky Balboa, that's a gimme. I think that's going to be the, like, you know, that's the slot when you when you chose this category. Everyone just kind of knew was one of the four. Uh, next, I do love Happy Gilmore, and I like Adam Sandler a lot in that movie, but I think the best character athlete in that movie um, and the and to represent kind of a villain character is Shooter McGavin. I think we put him on a on the Mount Rushmore for movie comedy villains before, and I think he deserves a spot on just fictional athletes as well. Uh, one of the best characters created, I think, in in that era uh, for the sports comedy, um, and you know a lot of iconic quotes and lines in that. Uh, my next one is like you, Joe. I have Ricky the Wild Thing Vaughn from Major League, um, Charlie Sheen's character. I think that's just such a fun, a fun character. Um, you know, like when you hear that song, if you if you're a fan of that movie and you've he- you've heard that song, uh, every time it comes on, you think of him. Uh, it's just a the look. His look's great in the movie. He, he creates some good funny moments. And again, I like the sports comedy, so that's kind of where my head went a lot of the time with these picks. And for my last one is an interesting one because this is someone who is based on. Yep, there it is. Um, it's someone who they kind of loosely based on a real person, but they changed the name and a lot about them in order to kind of fit the movie. Uh, and that's Dottie Hinson in A League of Their Own. Um, Gina Davis's character, I think, to represent a female athlete on it, uh, one of the best, uh, a really great sports movie, uh, and one of the one of the few that portrays a female athlete very kind of really well and is kind of one of the star players. So I uh, want to go with that and also just good movie, good character, like the performance. So I think it fits. All right. So with that, uh, we have Rocky Balboa, which three of us, all three of us have on our list. So I think Rocky's a lock, uh, which I kind of assumed going into this. And then two of the three of us had Ricky Vaughn, which uh, uh, I think also makes him a lock. And then uh, Bobby and I both had someone from Happy Gilmore. I had Happy himself, yeah. and uh, Bobby had Shooter. So I feel like one of them should make the list. If you have two people from the same movie, I feel one of them probably should make the list. Yeah, and I and I do really like the Slapshot pick, but I, I don't know. Like, I love Slapshot, and maybe you can say, like, it did kind of launch a lot of the comedies, but I think it was kind of more perfected later on is, and like looking back on it some of the comedy doesn't quite hold up but it's it's still i still love Slapshot, but I, I don't even know if that character is like my favorite thing about the movie so like that's probably the reason he like he was i considered him but i think have like shooter and happy kind of go above him a little bit yeah me. but i'd say i mean i know both of you have vaughn but i reg dunlop definitely goes above uh whatever his name is wild wild thing from major league i mean i don't even think that's close i'm surprised that he made the list and you know like that movie's good i like uh, major league it's a pretty good sports comedy and he's probably the most memorable thing in it but he's not the best character and reg dunlop makes Slapshot work like paul newman should have won an oscar for that performance he's insane in it and i think he's the most incredible uh like performance in a 
one second in a movie, um, a sports movie in general. So, you know, I think you got to go with him. But if we're going to go with you two voted for someone else, I'd say Shooter over Happy for sure okay. because um, you already have like Adam Sandler did The Waterboy and a few other movies and it kind of is those characters who a lot of people didn't exactly grow up with Happy Gilmore. Um, we'll still call him like Billy Madison. So I think Shooter McGavin is the standout um, of that for sure if I were to pick those. So then- obviously Rocky and Shooter. And then if we go with Vaughn, I do like Bobby's pick. I've never seen A League of Their Own. Don't really care about baseball movies that much unless it's Major League or Moneyball. So I don't know much about the movie, but I know that's an iconic character. In a yeah, movie that, that one is one that – yeah, I didn't think of at first, but – when I looked up, I'm like, is, is she really a real person? And, and she's not. And they, they kind of just kind of loosely did. So I'm like that, that fits for me. Yeah. I'm good with that pick, especially like with shooter with not having with, I know Ricky Vaughn and happy Gilmore are both on my list, but I think for an overall list, they both are kind of the similar character of this weird outside guy coming in, uh, and kind of seen as like the lower class version or whatever, so I understand not yeah. both of them, and I and I like Shooter McGavin as a character, especially for Mount Rushmore being the villain character, and then Dottie Henson, number one, for, like, the female, and then she's just different, very different than everything else we have on our list, so I'm good with those four. Okay. So I think we're yeah. locking that in, and so our overall Mount Rushmore for fictional athletes, we have Rocky Balboa, Ricky Vaughn from Major League, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, and Dottie Henson from A League of Their Own. And that brings us to uh, dystopian settings, which is uh, Johnny's category, and I assume he's here, so I'm just going to kick it off to Johnny. And maybe he's not here, and so we will maybe end on, we will end on Johnny. Uh, yeah, so Bobby, all right. If you're ready, I can to go. start us off. Yeah, and this this is interesting because there are so many, and I bet this is one that once I hear some, I'll be that'll probably maybe knock some off my list, but. Um, these are the ones that stood out for me, uh, either in a running franchise or just a like a something that I think um, started something or was just stood out in one movie. But uh, my first one is Future Australia in the. All right, uh, Bobby glitched out. Don't know what on there, but Tristan, who's in my back. Uh, I can hear you now. All I heard was Future Australia. Okay. Uh, yeah, Future Australia from Mad Max, which is what I'll just call that. But yeah. the um, end of the world in the Mad Max franchise, uh, I think, you know, of a desert kind of setting, I think it created a lot of different different type, you know, throughout the different movies, showed some different aspects, a lot of cool kind of characters that live uh, in the area that kind of uh, whatever you want to call the, the style. Um, and I, And it's, you know, it's been a running franchise that's kind of recognizable. So I like that one. Uh, my next one is um, kind of to represent what was the big trend for a while was the dystopian kind of young adult novels to, to movie adaptations. That's Pan Am from uh, The Hunger Games. Out of all of them, at least I think that world is the most flushed out. Um, even if the franchise kind of fizzled out for me near the end, I really did like Pan Am and the world uh, that they created with the districts um, and all that. So I'm going with that. Uh, for a comedy, I'm going with Idiocracy. So America in that movie, uh, I think, again, trying to fit some different genres in there. And I think Tristan, when he sent his, had that in there as well, which I like. Uh, and then my last one um, that I picked is 
uh, the future LA in Blade Runner franchise. So both Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, specifically for me, the way it's shot in 2049 uh, really kind of uh, puts you into that world and it makes you kind of feel it. Uh, it's really a character. The setting of the city is, is a character. So I really like uh, that. They're kind of the, just all the colors and, and the, the rain and everything. So uh, yeah, there's my four for dystopian settings. All right, and I will go to my four because Johnny had to take Philly out. Uh, I'll start off. Uh, my first one, I chose the movie Metropolis. Uh, it's kind of the OG of dystopian movie settings. Basically, any movie that shows a futuristic city, whether it's Blade Runner or even Gotham City in kind of the 90s Batman movies, took inspiration from the look of the city in Metropolis. So I wanted to go with that to give kind of a uh, shout-out to the OG uh, dystopian setting. I also went with Mad Max, you know, the future kind of desert. Uh, I think a lot of other ones took inspiration from that in the kind of like desolate landscape look. I too also went with Idiocracy. I wanted a comedy mm-hmm. angle. It's different than most dystopian settings where everything kind of is mostly just like a little bit overgrown and the city itself is like functional. It's just everyone in it is a moron. And then uh, another one I decided to go a little bit different of a route, and that's a movie that may pop up in uh, future in a future category here, and that is the Planet of the Apes, with mm. uh, uh, where it's just different than the others, where apes have taken over the world, and uh, the Earth has fallen into chaos. So those are my picks: uh, Metropolis, Mad Max, Idiocracy, and Planet of the Apes. And then Tristan. Uh, who is not on uh, this episode because he had to work his four picks. Uh, He chose 1984, which I guess was a movie at some point, which I shouldn't be shocked by. He chose Idiocracy. Uh, Brazil, which is a movie I still have not seen. I've heard a lot of people praise it, but I've never watched it. And uh, Wall-E, which I think is a really good choice. I I don't know if I thought about that, but that's a really good choice. And then he also submitted his picks for uh, fictional athletes, he chose Rocky Balboa. Obviously, he chose uh, Ricky Bobby. He, he like myself, uh, made a smart choice and chose Air Bud. And then his other pick that I don't really know is a fictional athlete is Mr. Miyagi. Maybe if he was on this episode, he could defend that choice. But I don't see <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. Miyagi as a as a fictional athlete. He's a coach trainer but not an athlete yeah. really them himself uh, and johnny told I us agree. to keep vamping he will be right back so you know what let's try to guess okay. oh what... he's back oh, oh he's back <laughs> all right so did you yeah it might be i'm back for a second um all right i heard bobby's picks i didn't hear all joe's picks so i chose mad max and idiocracy like bobby did i also chose the movie metropolis and planet of the apes all right, cool. Then uh, I think three of the four of mine have been mentioned. Um, okay. I chose Mad Max as well. I think that's mm-hmm. a great pick. Um, Planet of the Apes, that's an obvious one, I thought. Yeah, I, mean, um, I forgot about it for this one. And then the other obvious one I thought was Blade Runner, so I agree on that. I'm not a huge fan of the first movie, but it's just so, such a uh, culture phenomenon, and I really love uh, Blade Runner 2049. And it establishes that world better than a lot of those futuristic movies does. 
And then I went with one that I don't think has been mentioned. I went with the Matrix. Um, that was probably that my is, pick. Yeah, that one I think is like super iconic. They're obviously bringing the franchise back uh, pretty soon here, and maybe you don't think about it as like a society as much because you don't exactly see the outside world. You're in the Matrix, but that is the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows enough of uh, everything, and I think the Matrix. Um, I thought these four, like this was a hard one to think of, but I thought the four that I picked were like the Grand Slam home runs. So I can hear a defense on a couple of the other picks, but it's going to be hard to persuade me off these four. Uh, Well, my thing was, I've considered both Blade Runner and Matrix are both my four and five, but I decided to go with Metropolis because without that, you don't have those two. And... uh, but we do only have four with multiple selections. Mad Max has three, Idiocracy has two, Blade Runner has two, and uh, Planet of the Apes has two. Yeah, and honestly, those four stand out. Um, if I, because um, Planet of the Apes, I actually just, when you mentioned it, I forgot about it for multiple categories, and I just went and replaced one of mine later on because I'm like, that is a much better pick than one of mine. But um, I think that's that's a given metropolis i like is like the first one but i think as far as iconography and like memorable nowadays like you know it's not one that gets like the world itself was limited in how you could portray it in movies at that point and they kind of they kind of built on that later on yeah i'm okay with like blade runner making it in over metropolis just because i feel like it is has become more iconic over time but i just had um, yeah because I had Blade Run, I had Blade Runner down originally, and then I remembered, like, thought about Metropolis, and I sw- swapped him out. But if we want to stick with those four, I'm good with that. Yeah, that, good that's good. I I think yeah. uh, I think Idiocracy. That I considered it, um, but in the end, I didn't think like I don't know. It's it's a funny movie. It's like a cable funny movie, and I love it. But I think it hits a little too close to home with uh, <laughs> a lot of what happened. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. you know recently in times that uh it kind of uh doesn't feel like a dystopian future anymore it just feels like what happened yeah. um yeah and i considered a few other like running man type yeah. stuff like that were fun movies or like like at least had classic like stuff but and matrix i think like you said i, I think we just don't see enough of the actual society yeah. like we see the, yeah. just kind of, we think of it as more of a digital world Right in the matrix. That so. makes sense. The other, the other two that I had on mine that I didn't, uh, that were not mentioned, were Snowpiercer and Soylent Green. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought both of those yeah, had both pretty those good, good established worlds, and Soylent Green is like a pretty original one too. You know, yeah. old school one. Yeah, and obviously those have a lot to do with each other. Yeah, you get some of that Soylent Green stuff in uh, Snowpiercer. All right, yep. so, so that wraps up our. Uh... Overall Mount Rushmore, we have Mad Max, Idiocracy, Blade Runner, and Planet of the Apes for a Mount Rushmore of dystopian societies. And then that brings us to costumes, which is Bobby's category. So, Bobby, what is on your Mount Rushmore of movie costumes? So this one's interesting because there's so many costumes. And when you hear the word costume, you you think of superhero movies for the most part. But um, I tried to limit it to just just one superhero movie. Uh, So my list... For my first pick is going to be Darth Vader uh, from the Star Wars franchise. I think that's one of the most iconic looks of all time. You had to include something from Star Wars with all the different uh, costumes and everything involved. And I think that's just the most, um, you know, representative of the Star Wars franchise. 
and obviously just a big iconic figure. Uh, the next one is going to be, I had to pick, like, you know, I feel like I had to pick Batman. I know you could pick Christopher Reeve's Superman costume as like the first big superhero movie, but I think that the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie kind of took superhero movies to a new level. And the Batman costume, even just the silhouette of it, not even just when you see it in full light, but the silhouette is so iconic and the cowl and the cape. Um, and I just went with the first one and kind of put that on screen in a, in a darker, you know, more serious way. Uh, that's not just kind of the tights from the 1966 TV show and movie. Uh, my next one to go into a horror franchise, I went with Freddy Krueger. You could go Michael Myers. That's maybe the more simple look, but I prefer the Freddy Krueger uh, look with the the knife hands and the burnt face and the and the sweater and all that and the hat. And I think that has become one of the biggest horror looks of all best horror looks of all time. And just the characters, a, a very good villain character instead of just kind of an ominous figure that kind of walks towards you. And then my last one to get a, to go a different route, I went with the yellow jumpsuit in Kill Bill. Um, I like to kind of represent uh, just something very different that the, even just in the color, it stands out when you see it. Uh, you, you may even forget about it, but as soon as you see that yellow jumpsuit, you know exactly what it's from, even though it is referencing other movies. Uh, it now has become iconic with Tarantino and with Kill Bill. So uh, I thought that would be an interesting pick to throw in there. All right. And so uh, that brings me to my uh, list of movies. And uh, like you, I have Darth Vader as well, uh, and a franchise known for its costumes and looks. I think Darth Vader is the most iconic and stands out. Uh, I understand some people might pick Boba Fett, but I feel like overall Darth Vader is the most iconic, and he's the center of that franchise. Uh, I also chose a... I didn't also choose because that's our only similarity, but... Uh, I went with Indiana Jones. I feel like it's a simple look, but it's one that whenever people do a franchise that's similar, whether it's in movies or video games, they kind of copy that general look, and it's super iconic with the fedora and the bullwhip and the like semi-opened button-down shirt and the satchel. It's uh, just a look everyone knows. And then I had a different choice, one that I thought about later on, and that is uh, Willy Wonka, especially like the Gene Wilder version with the the purple suit and the purple hat. You know, if you just saw that on a mannequin, you would immediately know it was the, you know, it's the Willy Wonka look if you saw someone out in the street. Or the Joker. (laughs) I feel like the top hat kind of. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and then, like, everyone would immediately know, like, that's Willy Wonka. If you saw someone in the street wearing that, you'd be like, oh, they're uh, dressed like Willy Wonka. And then finally, uh, for my last pick, I decided to go with... uh, Dorothy Gale from The Wizard of Oz just because of like the simplicity of it but it's still iconic as it is it's just like a blue and white plaid dress with red ruby slippers like there's nothing about it that makes it like cinematic or like to stand out outside of like normal clothes but still if you saw someone wear that you would you would just question like why are they dressed like Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz and so I wanted to have something that kind of represented something that was very simple but still became iconic because of the movie it was in. And so those are my four picks. Darth Vader, Indiana Jones, Willy Wonka, and Dorothy Gale. All right. So I had four pretty different picks until I kind of thought of it more as I wanted to stray away from what I just consider an outfit. That's not a costume. And I think there was some mention in both years that I wouldn't consider costumes 
because I think you have to have some sort of costume design. So that is what I tended to go for for my list. I just picked the most, the four most iconic. You know, you could argue they're pretty similar, but I think um, as far as costumes and costume design, uh, these are the four most iconic, in my opinion. The Creature from the Black Lagoon is my first one. That's a super iconic costume for a, a movie monster. Um, and, you know, the, the character disappears. The character is the costume. It's not, you know, associated with a, a name of a character. And then you just happen to know what outfit they wear. Um, it's just that that costume is the is the creature. Um, say, and then I thought the same for, if you want to get specific with it, because I just went with Planet of the Apes from 1968. Um, but I'd say Dr. Zayas probably is like the most iconic one there. Um, that's another one that just inspired so many movies going forward. Um, even, you know, up until the Tim Burton attempt at Planet of the Apes, uh, which honestly, the costumes in that are probably the best part of the movie. Um, and then I went with Godzilla. I mean, the classic Godzilla costume, the guys wearing breaking toys and making stuff look real. That was so iconic that when they tried to do you know, the lizardy, more dinosaur looking one in the American Godzilla in the 90s. Um, everyone just wanted him to be killed and go back to the original Godzilla look. So that stuck out. Um, and, you know, Kong versus uh, Godzilla was such a big movie and that still draws from that classic Godzilla costume. And then I went with um, the other one I went with is the Xenomorph from Alien. Um, just functionality of that, the the way that worked, if you look at how that costume was designed, how it came together, and then the final product of how the movie actually looks. You know, it, it was kind of like Jaws. Like, they thought this was kind of a doomed production, um, and it just made it work. And Alien, again, like, you don't have that iconic costume. Alien is not a franchise. The first movie is good, but it works because of that specific costume um, and that creature design. So that's the direction I went towards. You know, originally I did have like Batman from 89 and I had Bruce Lee's yellow jumpsuit, which is the reason that, yeah. um, you know, the bride has that in Kill Bill. And then, but I, I just wanted to go more towards like what I consider costume designs and um, rather than just like, oh, this is an outfit a character I know wears. Yeah. So that's where I went with. Yeah, you, you definitely want a different direction, whereas more like you went more character design type thing rather than like a costume a person in the movie wears like a, you know, so yeah. definitely. Yeah, so this would be hard to figure out because we only have one that's doubled up and that's Darth Vader. Everything else only has one vote. So this is where the actual uh, debates are coming yeah. in. Is there one that anyone has on their list that you heard and you're like, Oh, that I'm like, wish I had put that or that stood out to me. Cause there is one for me that I was like debating on. And then as they said it, I'm like, yeah, I probably should have put that somewhere on my list. And that's uh, Freddy Krueger. If you want to include the entire yeah. makeup and all of that as well, as part of the costume, right? Yeah, and and because the reason, like, I strayed away from because I at first did think of like Alien and Planet of the Apes is like I felt like those were more creature designs almost, and like it's a very different thing. But I do think that including at least one of those on it, oh yeah, definitely would be good. So I think like Dark yeah. Darth Vader, Freddy Krueger, one of the character design ones that is like from Johnny's list. Um, should be the third, and I don't know if you have one that you think is like the best of your list, Johnny. I w I would say I mean, Creature from the Black Lagoon is the most old school and like what originated all this, uh, basically. But I think the Xenomorph from Alien, um, is is what you got to go with here because okay. the fact that that's practical mm -hmm. and looks so scary in that movie, um, and going forward, um, I think that's what you got to go with. 
And then, and then I would fight for Batman on mine, but I don't, you know, if I'm going to pick one of the other ones, cause we already have Batman or we already have Darth Vader and Freddy Krueger, but, um, I think, I think just because I think the point that Bobby had the bride's yellow jumpsuit proves to me that we should have Bruce Lee's yellow jumpsuit yeah, because I think that, I think that has had such a yeah. cultural relevance on so many movies going forward and just the whole Kung Fu scene. Like as soon as you see that, like Joe said, you see that on a mannequin, you know exactly what character and what actor mm-hmm. that was. So I, I think, um, I think that one, that was my only one like tough to take off, but I just wanted to go with costume design. So I did, but that one would have made my list. Um, but like, and, and it sounds like you guys agree, but the other one I would say is Batman. Cause I had that one too. And I did have Freddy Krueger on my initial list. So I agree with that one. It was also. Enter the Dragon that the yellow jumpsuit was from, right? Or... Enter the Dragon, I think, was the first one he did it in, but I believe it was in a couple of his movies. Okay. Yeah, um, so that's the thing. Been before that, yeah, it, I couldn't pinpoint. It's just so where iconic with Bruce yeah. Lee that, like, it's definitely Enter the Dragon. That's the one you know. Yeah, it from, it's the same costume, sure, but... so I'm fine. Yeah. I just said the Kill Bill because that's yeah. probably the one that people recognize it from nowadays. Uh, if you're not yeah. a movie buff, yeah, like. You know, but um, I, I yeah. get that. So I'd be right. good with that one, but I would also be good with, I mean, you know, Batman, I think is a pretty iconic costume. Yeah. So my, my thing with Batman is it's so like, it's an iconic costume, like, like inside and outside. But it wasn't movies. functional. Yeah. Was, like, that's my other thing of with like, if you're going to go that route, it's an iconic fine. costume, but, um, and the reason I took that off is just, it's kind of poorly designed and I went more towards like, what were greatly designed things because you can't even turn your neck and they still haven't really fixed that problem up through like the new ones until hopefully the Matt Reeves Batman. So I think that kind of hindered. It looks like they did in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine with me. I'm good with like Bruce Lee's yellow jumpsuit, unless you want to throw a different one in Joe. No, I'm good with that. So uh, that means our Mount Rushmore for movie costumes is Darth Vader from Star Wars, Freddy Krueger from The Nightmare on Elm Street, the Xenomorph from Alien, and Bruce Lee's yellow jumpsuit from Enter the Dragon. And that leads us to... Oh, and uh, before we get that far, I will read uh, Tristan Senesen his I'll be right back. All right. For movie costume picks, uh, we have Boba Fett from Star Wars, uh, we have Ralphie's Christmas bunny costume from A Christmas Story. We have Audrey Hepburn's uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's costume with the black dress. And then we have Elle Woods, uh, kind of also pink rabbit costume mm-hmm. from uh, Legally Blonde. And that leads us to my child character, uh, Mount Rushmore. For my first pick is one that I assume will probably be on at least one of your lists, and that is Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. He's the iconic child star of that movie. I feel like is hit that character and uh, Macaulay Culkin in that role is so iconic to the point that you could still argue that Macaulay Culkin is an A-list celebrity still because of that movie 30 years later. Uh, I also went with Elliot from E.T., another iconic uh, child star, and especially because Henry Thomas is really mainly known for that role. He's gotten work now as an adult working with Mike Flanagan, but uh, it's an iconic role in a classic Spielberg movie. And then because there are so many 
uh, children and horror movies, whether it's Damien in The Omen or Cole Sear in The Sixth Sense or the little girl from Poltergeist, I had to go with a little kid from a horror movie, and I decided to go with uh, Danny Torrance in uh, The Shining, who is, I feel like, one of the only uh, child or like kids in a horror movie to get a movie focused around them as an adult with Dr. Sleep. And then my final pick, because there are so many uh, kids in animated movies, I wanted one, and I bounced around different ideas. I thought about Boo and Up. I thought about Andy and Toy Story. And I ultimately decided to go with someone uh, a little bit newer and someone that maybe I didn't necessarily grow up with, but a lot of kids in the generation behind me did, and I decided to go with Russell from Up. So my four picks are Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, Elliot from E.T., Danny Torrance from The Shining, and Russell from Up. And okay. uh, Johnny is out walking Philly again, I assume. So, yep, probably. So, Bobby, it is your move. All right. So like you, uh, just like you thought it would be on at least one other person's list, I have Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. I think that is a given. Um, that movie is watched every Christmas or just all the time. Uh, one of the biggest child performances ever. Uh, and definitely, like you said, he's still a celebrity, Macaulay Culkin, because of these movies for the most part. Um, my next pick is one that we watched this character grow up before us, but they were a child for most of it, and it was the biggest like book franchise ever, and that is Harry Potter. Um, I think that is a, one of the biggest movie franchises of all time, uh, and a lot of people grew up with the character as he grew up, watch it happen develop as a character i think that just as a you know as a uh, pop culture phenomenon i think that works for a child character the next one i have is someone that uh i think has become like a very different type of child character um like has become memed it's become a costume people identify with this kind of gothic character and that's wednesday adams from the adams family my first celebrity Uh, crush yeah, and you know, a little maybe a little bit older than some of the other child performances we were thinking of, but I mean, I you know, still a still young um, and a pretty iconic look and character um, from multiple you know the TV show, the movies, everything, and just kind of pop pop culture, but also the two movies that came out, um, you know, and then the animated ones now, and then the last one. If we're doing child characters, uh, I picked one that their entire character is based on the fact they are always a child and that's Peter Pan. Um, so I went with Peter Pan uh, specifically, like you can go with the Disney one cause that's probably the one people think of, but they've done that movie multiple times. Uh, and you know, you know, never grow up that entire thing. So, uh, it's so you're not kind picking of you hook. Think of. I'm not picking hook. No, this is, yeah, not, uh, not Robin Williams, unfortunately in that one, even though I love Robin Williams, but not picking his character, but he grew up. Yeah. So no longer a kid. Um, all right. All right. Interesting choices there. Um, I think I have maybe one or two um, similarities. I know I agree with Tristan on at least one of these, um, or two of these, I think, because I have Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, um, you know, iconic kid's character, obviously. Um, I have Reagan from The Exorcist for my uh, horror kid. I Slightly above Colsier from The Sixth Sense. And then I went with Ham from The Sandlot. I think it's such a character that, um, you know, is so popular in pop culture and especially nowadays because most of the people in 
in media and our celebrities grew up like the same time we did and were big Sandlot fans. And Ham was the most iconic character for sure um, from the Sandlot. And you still see Sports Center and everything making tweets about him and catching up with him. And now he's big on TikTok, the actor. So I think he's just stayed so relevant for so long that he's one of my favorite kid performances of any movie. Um, especially because he's just only associated with one thing. Um, and then I went for my fourth choice. I also have a Pixar um, movie, Joe, I think, or not Pixar, but I have an animated movie like you two do, but I went with Moana because like Joe's argument of, you know, I didn't grow up with this, but now kids are. Moana is the new, like bigger than Elsa character that people are growing up with. Um, and she's just a badass and she's an awesome character and that movie is amazing. So that I think is a good representation of like the next generation. I think we kind of have on this list, like a good, um, like spread out amount of, uh, of movies here. Um, and I think that's like one for the Mount Rushmore for the future generations. So I, I think Moana, it's a good pick there. All right. So. Kevin McAllister is locked in. We have all three. I feel yeah, like we have three. to decide which animated character makes it in between Moana, Peter Pan, and uh, and uh, uh, Russell from Up. Ed. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a, it's tough because I think Peter Pan, as far as Mount Rushmore, is like, you know, he is the forever child character that's been in plays and movies and everything but more relevant now and maybe more relevant going forward might be moana yeah i think russell i really like up but i don't think russell is like the most memorable part of up and i would Um, still and i would say too as someone who has like nieces and nephews i still see frozen and stuff a lot more around than i would than i see moana and so if if we had to vote for animated i I would vote for peter pan just because i don't know how much like because i mean for me I prefer Moana over like Frozen and all that, but if we were like, mm-hmm. but I still think Frozen is still the more popular franchise over Moana as far as animated. Yeah, agreed. So I would vote for uh, Peter Pan. I I think if you're gonna go, I mean, I'd be okay with Elsa over Peter Pan, but I think Peter Pan is so past the point of relevance in pop culture and everything. Like Mount Rushmore, yeah, it's like iconography, but it's also like what's still iconic in today's. Yeah, I was fighting with that. Realm, that if you're looking sure. at it, and I, and I don't think Peter Pan is very relevant outside of the one Disney movie and like Hook. There has never really been anything interesting. There, that, there, there is currently a movie that's going to be coming out called Peter Pan and Wendy. <laughs> yeah, so like they just keep trying, and like no one cares about the franchise. It's kind of a dead franchise at this point. So like I'd be fine with Elsa. I just am not a big fan of. Well, frozen, think, so I didn't know how old she was because I know Moana well, I think is more Elsa's like, like older because it's like the whole idea of like her about to get married. So I wouldn't even say she's older, but I was just my argument yeah, against Moana like was I just yeah she's not a child. And Moana is, but my argument against Moana was more that I still feel like as far as like the next generation of what animated movies they're growing up watching is it's Frozen still is way more popular than Moana is, even though personally I think Moana is better, but. Yeah, Moana is definitely better. But I, I'm wondering, too, here, because we're going with kids, kid characters, because you could say that this is, because this is something I considered, but if you count Riley from Inside Out, all of those characters are Riley. They're yeah. all of her personalities. So, yeah. like, if you're going for future, you know, movies that kids are going to grow up with forever, 
Um, Riley is every character in Inside Out, essentially. So I, I so, think that uh, I would, would be a I would make that over, argument if we were gonna Moana. if we were gonna carve their faces into Mount Rushmore. We would carve Riley's face with the emotions <laughs> on her forehead. <laughs> And exactly. I would be okay. With, I would be okay with that choice of picking Riley slash her emotions. Uh, for that's the interesting. I'd be okay yeah. with that choice. So we're going. We're locking. I, I considered it. I just kind of changed it up at the last minute because I was like, I don't know. I don't mind it. Help, I mean, if you're down I love. It, I love I like that, that movie. So yeah. So we good with that, Riley? Riley and her emotions make the list. Yeah, I like when we go off book. Yeah. Uh, and just pick so far we've had <laughs> so far with Bruce because we were all in the general suit. idea of the animated character we just had to get yeah. there together yeah 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 we had Bruce Lee's yellow jumpsuit which none of us had and we had Riley's emotions which uh none of us Riley and her emotions so uh we also kind of each had a horror-esque character with Johnny had Reagan, I had Danny Torrance, and Bobby had Wednesday mm-hmm. Adams. Wednesday Adams, um, mm-hmm. the Adams family's not as dark, but it's still kind of in that same general. Yeah, uh, we were vicinity. going for this name. Yeah. So, I feel like we got to kind of decide between one of them, and I can't wait for us to pick like Damien from The Omen. That none of us did. <laughs> I, I, I honestly had on my list like Damien from The Omen and Cole from The Sixth Sense, and. Um, Reagan from the Exorcist, and then as soon as you said Danny Torrance, I was like, "Oh shit, that's it for sure." Okay. Like, I, yeah, I think yeah. that's because I thought about. All of I think, didn't even think about it. I think Wednesday Adams, people know more about pop culturally now, but The Shining is such yeah, a so many iconic like, moments between like Red right. Rum and just riding around on the tricycle, and yeah, even has like, a movie yeah. about him as an adult. How many of these characters? Yeah, like if, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna pick which one I like more, it's definitely Danny Torrance, and I think. As far as movie, like film uh, inspiration or just like you know iconic moments, in, I, I'd go with Danny Torrance. Um, right. So I'm good with that. All right, so we have three locked in. We have Kevin McAllister, Riley and her emotions, and Danny Torrance. And then that, and I, I think I know where my last vote's going to go, but I want your guys' opinion of the besides the ones we have ruled out. We have Elliot uh, from ET, Harry Potter, and Ham. I think because we saw Harry Potter grow up, that's the only reason I didn't really consider that. Um, and let's be honest, he's not even the most interesting character in that franchise. And then um, I like Elliot from E.T., but you could say that Drew Barrymore is more like memorable from it. So I like him. That was my pick, obviously, but it's a side character that made more of a cultural impact than either of those two ever did. I don't know if I, mean, I would. I don't, I don't think that's don't, not I don't true know. about there's Harry whole, Potter. There's not but... Ham lands. Oh, Harry Potter, at... that's true. <laughs> but like, as but like as an eleven year old, like no one gives a shit about the eleven year old Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, see. My it, vote would almost be for Harry Potter for the fact that separates him apart. Like, okay, we have Danny Torrance as movie as an adult, yeah. but like the fact that we saw Harry Potter grow up and like that. Inter- and he's the lead yeah, character. No, I'm, that I'm most just people kidding. I would, about, I would but... definitely pick Harry Potter. I didn't even think of it. I was just trying to fight for Ham real quick, but no, it's definitely Harry Potter. Yeah. I love yeah, Ham, yeah. but I almost picked Benny the Jet Rodriguez just for one, the name, and two, just that he was the cool one that everyone looked up looked up to. And that I was I was considering some Sandlot guys, but yeah, I, yeah. I thought about Ham as well. Um, so that locks in our four is uh, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, Riley and her emotions from Inside Out, Danny Torrance from The Shining, and then Harry Potter from the various Harry Potter films. And uh, 
Tristan sent in his picks as well. He also chose Kevin McAllister. He chose uh, Annie from uh, the the Annie. Play, the Annie. Yeah. Uh, he chose Alice from Alice in Wonderland, which is another good animated pick. But I kind of I think it goes kind of in Johnny's uh, argument that he had against. Uh, Peter Pan would be the same yeah. for Alice in Wonderland of how much staying power does this really have? And then he also chose Reagan from The Exorcist. Which brings us to our next category, which is twist endings, which I believe is Johnny's category. Yes, it is. Um, so for twist endings, um, I uh, the twist ending of this show will be if Philly falls asleep by the end of it. Um, but my twist endings are, uh, the sixth sense. It's a cultural phenomenon. It's something that, you know, people know that twist before they've seen that movie and it kind of ruins the movie in a way, but every, if you haven't seen that movie, whether, whether you, you know, grew up with it or not, you know, the icy dead people, um, probably more so than, you know, the movie nowadays, if you're born, you know, in the two thousands, um, kids still get that reference. Um, and then I went with, uh, Again, Planet of the Apes, which I have a feeling is maybe the movie that Bobby added uh, this to his category that he forgot about, you know. Um, And then uh, I have Fight Club. I think that one is kind of just another one that's so entwined into pop culture, you kind of forget how great a twist that is at the end. And then um, as much as I hate to say it, it wasn't on my initial list, but it was the OG. You got to give it up to Citizen Kane for this. Um, you know, it, it's, it doesn't hold up because there's been so many better ones afterwards, but it was the first. And if you're going Mount Rushmore, that's really what you got to go with, but I got to take him out again. So I will send right. you to make your, uh, list. All right. Okay. Uh, you are up. Um, so I don't think I have to get too much into the first one. It's got to be the sixth sense. Like Johnny said, it's more of a cultural phenomenon. Everyone knows that twist. Um, I think that was like with some of these categories, you have a given one. I think that's this one. Um, my next one is the one I added is Planet of the Apes. I didn't, I, we didn't have as much time to think about this one, and I was doing it kind of as I as I was working today. Um, and I, I'll give my one that it was on here instead later on, just to kind of it was more of a personal pick, just to get people to watch that movie. But um, you know that that is one of the best twists of all time for sure, and they've they tried to redo it uh, and it didn't quite land, but definitely iconic uh my next one is uh well I'll just citizen kane just to i'll throw that one on there just because johnny had it as well um so those are the three that i had in common and then my last one instead of fight club i picked one that you know not um not not commenting on the people in the movie or that behind it but the usual suspects with verbal kint as kaiser soze uh, i still think is one of the best twists of all time um and the way they shot it to reveal it um, is was very well done, uh, and that whole movie is kind of set up to to be that for that big twist, and it, and it lands very well. Um, so I went with that, and then the one that I uh, took off my list to add, Planet of the Apes, is one that was more of a personal pick, and I think more people should go back and watch the movie because I think it's kind of been kind of lost over time. Is the Others with Nicole Kidman, um, and I'm not going to reveal it because it's maybe not as well known, but that I is don't a even know what that is. Yeah, the it's uh it's basically it's a it, the movie itself is there is a family Nicole Kidman's the mom and the kids are allergic to sunlight uh, and they're being haunted by ghosts throughout the movie and she's trying to get them to go away and there's a twist at the end that uh, 
I think lands way better than almost like every twist in the that tries to do a similar thing. Um, with the way they filmed it, it's a it's a really good movie. That one that's I I saw it maybe when I was I don't know twelve, eleven or twelve or something like that on TV or like no no it was on like DVD uh, with my dad and uh, that one stuck with me. So definitely not an all timer, but one that I would bring up as like people should watch that movie and if you want to see a well done twist, uh, give it a shot. All right. Uh, is that all you had? Yep, that was my fifth okay. one. So the four. Okay. Uh, I were, had a fifth one there, too, so. but I, I took it yeah. off for something else. And uh, for uh, so my first one is the one that we all had is the Sixth Sense. You know, you guys talked about it enough. Everyone knows what it is. Iconic. I don't need to say anymore. The other one we also all had it. Planet of the Apes. Big shocking reveal. Everyone also knows what it is. That it's like not even a twist anymore. It's it's Earth. We know. Uh, my third one is one that I'm surprised no one else had, and that's uh, Empire Strikes Back, No, I Am Your Father. Uh, I thought it was big, iconic movie that changed the course of one of the biggest movie franchises of all time, and I think without that twist, I don't know how much staying power that has because that entire franchise is really built around that moment. Um, and then those are my three. And then my fourth one is one that I wanted to represent because there's a lot of twists in movies that make the movie bad or it's a movie that's only known really for its weird twist that makes no sense. You have movies like The Village and stuff like that. And so I included a movie that it's like, what the hell is this twist? And that is the movie Remember Me starring Robert Pattinson, which is just your normal, general, romantic drama. (laughs) Everything's simple and fine and it's a whatever movie. And then at the very end, uh, it's revealed that Robert Pattinson's character is standing at the top of the World Trade Center and it's 9-11, you know? So that was my uh, fourth pick is Remember Me. That movie. <laughs> and then my one I took off for Remember Me just because uh, it's a great movie. I love it. It's in my top five movies of all time, but it's not as iconic of a twist, and so I didn't really know what it was representing was the prestige. So... Uh, that's why I didn't make my list. So that is my four. Six Sense, Planet of the Apes, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and Remember Me. So we have three with multiple. We have Six Remember Sense. Remember me. Yeah. <laughs> we have <laughs> not that movie. We have Six Sense has three, Planet of the Apes has three, and Citizen Kane has two. The reason I personally didn't include Citizen Kane is I felt it was more just a reveal and not really a twist. It's not like they had you thinking one thing and then with the Rosebud reveal, it's like, oh, it's something completely different. It's more of just a reveal to make you, I guess, change how you view um, uh, Charles Foster Kane. I didn't really see it as like a twist, so that's why it wasn't really on my list. Okay. I'm fine with it not making the list. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It yeah, was, it was more weird of, as the person it, who likes the movie the most didn't have it on their list. So when Johnny said yeah. it, I'm like, oh, that's... Well, it's more of, like, at the time, it was considered... Well, I guess maybe not at the time, but it, it's become looked upon as, like, the first kind of big twist and how it's done. Yeah, but I'm good leading as, off because... I don't even I'm, see it as a twist, though. I, that's yeah. my thing. I see, it's, it's a right. reveal, and I, but it's not a... Yeah, so I'm good leaving that one off, too, even though Johnny and I both had it on the list, like... Uh, you know, it inspired maybe a lot of things, but I don't think that it's one that people are going to look back on as like a big shocking reveal twist in a movie. So that's fine with me. 
Alright, so uh, I think we can lock in Citizen, or not Citizen Dune, Sixth Sense and Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and uh, that. So, so that leaves us with Fight Club, Empire Strikes Back, Remember Me, and The Usual Suspects, each with one vote. So does someone have one that wasn't on their list, but they heard it, and they're like, oh, if I had thought of that? Or maybe for you guys both, well, taking Citizen Kane off, would you have replaced well, it with one of the other ones? I'd, I honestly, Empire. at this point, yeah, I... Empire is so ingrained into my mind that I don't even think of that as a Same. twist, so I didn't consider that. So as soon as you said it, I'm like, okay, well, it's got to be Empire, because, yeah, that is that is a twist, yeah. and it's something that just, I feel like nowadays, like, I take for granted that maybe if you've never watched the franchise before, you don't yeah. know that. But even, like, most people just know that, that you know, I am your father thing that, you know, but it's just like the sixth sense. Like, people know that before they see the movie. Um. The other one that I had, like old school one that I took off for Citizen Kane was Soylent Green, um, just because I feel like that one is something that has inspired a bunch of different movies. And then the other one that I didn't mention that I maybe at this point, because knowing Citizen Kane's not going to make it, I should have just made a stronger case for Old Boy, because I think Ooh, that I one is another that one, one that is, is such a, I think a good twist is a twist that completely you want to rewatch the entire movie. And, you know, kind of figure out the steps and processes afterwards. And Old Boy does a really good job of that. And I think that one, too, like, even if you don't watch foreign films, so many people have seen Old Boy. And a big reason for that is the is the twist. So if I could redo my list, I would just take Citizen Kane off and put Old Boy on, which I should have done in the first place because Old Boy is a much better movie. And uh, before um, before we get but to Empire any... for sure, and then what's the what are you guys thinking for the fourth one? Do you guys have any well, other? I want to make a case. Okay, so Tristan Tristan sent in his four, and uh, so his four were the Sixth Sense, obviously Planet of the Apes. He had Orphan, and then uh, we I mean our oldest movie. Orphan's yeah. a good one, but it's not a it's not yeah. iconic, but it's a good twist. His, we have Empire, which is our oldest movie, but he also has Psycho on his list. So I just wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring up Psycho as a potential Again, option. is that a twist or I mean that, it's that's a, one of my things. I, yeah. I, I I haven't seen Psycho in a while, so I can't really remember like the format of the movie and the layout of like when the reveal and all of that happens to know like is that a twist ending or right. is that like something I think in the, I can think it's almost like in the middle when it's everything's No, different. that's um it's the end, I that's guess. That's at the it's, end. It's yeah. a, that's a twist ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I'd be down for Psycho. Yeah, so, so yeah. We have... I think suspects, I think, are all valid options. Or Remember Me, yeah. if we wanted to go that I mean, route. I mean, be- because of... <laughs> yeah, we're not going with that. Um, because of the people involved, even though I really do like the movie, I'm good getting rid of unusual or suspects. That's fine with me. So uh, Yeah, yeah, that's a movie that's dead and doesn't exist anymore. So I don't know yeah. what you're even talking about. So we're down basically between potentially Fight Club, Psycho, or Old Boy. I'd go old boy or psycho, honestly. I think psycho is like the classic one, but my thing with this is I love psycho. It's my second favorite movie of all time behind jaws. But if you're going for like old school twists, I think planet of the apes, the actual twist in that has more of an impact. Even if the film isn't as like well-made or as great planet of the apes is still like a perfect movie. But I think that kind of encapsulates like the old school movie twist of a sixties movie twist. And we don't have any foreign films, and I think Old Boy really crossed over because of the ending is a big reason why that in the yep. hallway fight. But I'm good. With that. I, I, I I like Psycho way more than I like Old Boy, but I think Old Boy's twist has more of an impact on the actual movie. 
All right, so I think we've I'm locked good with it that. So, so far we're three in a row of just coming up with a new movie and throwing it on. <laughs> I like it. I, I love, love that. to see it. All right, so we have Sixth Sense, Planet of the Apes, Empire Strikes Back, and Old Boy as our Mount Rushmore of movie twists. I like it. We got a movie from the 90s, a movie from the 60s, a movie from the 80s, and a movie from the 2000s. So good yeah, uh, representation. I consider, too, Parasite, but that, again, is That's not really not really ending. A it's just yeah, kind of in the middle of the movie, and yeah. it's like a reveal. Yeah, it's it, – like every movie has a reveal. Otherwise, there's not much going on in your movie. That one is, is too early on to be like a big twist ending, I'd say. Yeah, it's not like some twist ending that you know happens yeah. at the end. And all right, That's so what, our, what, is, what are we doing us next? To then? our final category of non-Oscar performances, and that will be kicked off by Bobby. Yeah, so this also, is Philly fell asleep. Huh. So twist ending. The twist has completed. Um, this is the I think the broadest category because there are so many we great could performances. Have Twelve different options. Here, we right? we so really could. Yeah. Um, so this was really tough. So. Because of that, I went with the first ones that popped to mind, um, and then I wanted to check to see if one of them was uh, was like what if they were uh, if they won or anything because I couldn't remember. But um, my first one is going to be one that when I walked out of the movie, I said that is an Oscar winner, hands down, and that is Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. Um, it's it's a crime that he wasn't even nominated for that movie, so. He he transforms his entire body. His eyes look through you in that movie, and he gives the best performance of his career. And I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, my next one is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street. I think that's the movie that he should have won for, uh, if not earlier. But he definitely should have won that one for that uh, instead of the Bear movie, as people call it. But um, I think he gives the most energy to that performance, his physical comedy that he displays in the, uh, the Quaalude scene. Uh, I think that itself is so different for him. And I think that's a fantastic performance. My next one is Marlon Brando in a streetcar named desire. Um, I think it's again, iconic. this one is more of just all time iconic performance that you can't believe didn't win at the time, but looking back on it, it definitely should have. Um, and then my last one is Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, this he is amazing in this movie. This and it's probably my favorite dramatic performance by a comedic actor. Um, it's either this or it's uh, um, Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting, but it's between those two. Uh, and I think Jim Carrey is amazing in this movie. It, he's heart. It's heartbreaking, uh, and he's a really great dramatic actor that should have won one for sure. So uh, there's so many. But these are the four that popped to mind for sure. All right, I will say this: we have none in common. Um, I want. I, a I like that wide variety of movies. Yeah, same. Uh, so my first one, uh, I'll be honest, never really looked to see if three of these didn't win an Oscar. So hopefully they didn't. One, um, <laughs> and I, the only, there's only one last question. But so my first one is uh, Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. Super iconic performance. Uh a wide range of emotion, just him yelling of, you get nothing and like it. Or, you, you, or good day, sir, you get nothing. He's, you know, scary, funny, all in one character, and it's fully believable each time. Uh, next one, I wanted a great monologue, 
because that's usually how Oscars are awarded out. It's like, oh, you had a good crying scene or you had a good monologue. And I decided to go with uh, Robert Shaw in uh, Jaws. It's a great performance, especially all throughout the movie. Terrible choices so far. And then my uh, third pick, I decided to go with uh, one of the greatest movie stars of all time, and that is Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. We got a guy that goes basically from a complete asshole to kind of this endearing, lovable character, and you believe it all throughout when he's uh, funny and when he's being a dick. All the way more to like the sad moment at the end where he's almost like towards the end where he's kind of accepted his fate and uh, trying to kill himself and all that. And then, as far as representation goes, I wanted a woman, and I wanted, I chose a performance that uh, was not ignored by the Oscars because it predates the Oscars uh, by a year. And I chose uh, Maria Falconetti from uh, Passion of Joan of Arc, which anytime you see like a montage, whether it's from the Oscars or any kind of film montage of like great performances, that like her crying is always uh, included in those moments. And uh, so I decided to go with uh, that as well. So those are my four. All right. Well, uh, unlike Bobby and uh, Joe, I do have some commonalities here. I was thinking I might be the only one to pick this, but yeah, uh, Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka is, I think it's an underrated performance, even though he's one of the most iconic characters of all time, because people know him as Willy Wonka, but they don't realize how much went into that role and how much that movie fails if he isn't amazing in it. Like that movie goes from a, you know, average kids movie to a five, you know, five out of five stars, perfect movie because Gene Wilder is insanely great in it and he didn't get any Oscar love for it. And then I also have Robert Shaw's Quint in Jaws because I grew up with From Russia with Love and Jaws and didn't know that that was the same actor as Red Grant and Quint because he just disappears so much into the role. Um, and it's just such a great performance. I think that too, I wanted to like all the rest of mine are all like would have been nominated for uh, lead actor or, you know, those categories. And I wanted to go with someone supporting. Uh, and I think Quint from Jaws easily should have won that. Um, I, I considered Eternal Sunshine, but I just think overall that's not even Jim Carrey's strongest performance over the Truman Show or Man on the Moon. So I think my favorite comedian, my favorite comedian who did a dramatic performance is another movie that I just like Bobby with Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler I walked out of and I said that's an Oscar winner there's no way that doesn't win didn't even get nominated that's Adam Sandler uh, in Uncut Gems absolutely like one of the greatest that's one of my top five performances of all time didn't even get nominated for an Oscar it's insane to me Bobby you gotta watch I need to I need to I just haven't Um, seen it yet but yeah, that um, just as soon as I walked out of that movie, I, I was just like, I I can't believe what I'm saying, but Adam Sandler needs to win an Oscar. And uh, yeah, I thought that was just such a, a robbery for him not to get nominated. And I think it's just because of the rest of his career. There are a few on my list that I didn't give in because they've either won before or got makeup calls for things like Denzel Washington for Malcolm X, I think is a pretty obvious one, but he got the makeup Oscar for training day, which he had no business winning. So I think that kind of, uh, 
you know, canceled out. I really, really considered Lapita Nyong'o and us, but I already had Anka Gems as like my modern. So my fourth one is someone who has won Oscars, but you can make an argument that this is his best performance of his career. I would say it's his second best behind Raging Bull, but that's Robert De Niro as Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver. Insane that he wasn't even, I don't even think nominated for an Oscar for that movie. If he was nominated, he didn't win. Um, and that is like such an iconic performance and he's incredible in it. And just like Joe said, like with the Oscar scenes, when they pull like the Joan of Arc stuff, so many montages of the great acting of all time and stuff have the, you talking to me clip from taxi driver um, or, you know, him holding the gun out with his fingers. But I just think that for him to be such an unlikable type of character, but to give such a likable performance in it, it's not an easy role to do. Um, and I think that you still like with Joker coming out and with all these movies like that just never stopped inspiring later performances. I would even say like that was a big, you know, ins- inspiration behind Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. So I think that's just like, you know, one of those really dark performances uh, that stood out to me. So those are the four I ended up going with. So I uh, Willy Wonka, Quint, Travis Bickle and uh, Howard from Uncut Gems were my four. All right, so we have two that I think are locked in because there are only two with multiple votes, and that's uh, Gene Wilder from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and then Robert Shaw as Quint from Jaws. I, I like both them. those. I think we can lock yeah. those two in. And then, uh, did anyone hear anyone that they, uh, or hear one that they're like, oh, I should, but wish I had thought of that, should have included that on my list? Willy Wonka, <laughs> which is already on there. Yeah, I, uh, I had Nightcrawler on my side list, but yeah. I, I think just in I general, think that would be the out of my list. That's one I would fight for because I think that is one of the great performances of the 2010s or when like that was 20 what 13 14 or whatever like that. I think that is criminal that it did not even get nominated, and it's one of the best actors working his best performance, and he didn't even, didn't get any love. Basically, true, but also we just got Tristan's text, and he has uncut gems adam sandler on his mount rushmore i mean you can include that too but <laughs> no. i think Basically, if you see both vote, movies you can't include both my, but, yeah i don't know my my vote would be of the next two would be the two of the three of jake gyllenhaal and nightcrawler um uh adam sandler and uncut gems or robert Downey or not robert robert de niro in uh <laughs> And Taxi Driver. I think I think our final two should be of those three. My vote yeah, would be Robert De Niro roles. and Jake Gyllenhaal, personally. Because but Bobby has seen not seen Gems, so I know. Bobby, the fact that it's Adam Sandler tells you how great of a performance it is. Because <laughs> no, but but I like no him one's be fighting I, for him. Yeah, yeah I like Adam Sandler, and and I think that he Apparently is apparently not because you haven't seen his but... best movie. I, yeah, Maybe. I haven't had, had the chance. But, yeah, QB um, Halloween I'm talking about, obviously, <laughs> yeah. which I yeah. did recently watch, and I actually had some enjoyment out of it. But um, I, I've, having, I love Uncut Gems, and I think I like the movie Nightcrawler. I mean, at the time, I liked it more, but Uncut Gems, I've just revisited so much more. That stands out to me more. Joe, you've seen both. What would you go with on, on so that? So for my final wise? two, I think... Because I think De Niro think, for sure. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler was like my initial, like when I heard this, that was kind of where my mind initially went. But 
I think as far as if we want to talk represent, but I ultimately didn't include it because I'm like, okay, I've seen Nightcrawler, I think, twice, and it's been a while since the last time I watched it. But I think if we want to talk representation, which is kind of what the Mount Rushmore is about, I think uh, Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver is more iconic, and it's a similar type of performance. That's fair. And I feel that uh, Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems is the representation of the modern performance and the recent performance. And so that that would probably be where my votes go. My vote goes as Adam Sandler as Howard and uncut gems and Robert De Niro as Travis Bickle and taxi driver. I'm I'm not going to fight too hard against a movie I haven't seen. So, and I love Adam Sandler. So I'm, I'm good with that. Also, um, Tristan sent us his list, which includes Marlon Brando and on the waterfront, which he did win the Oscar for. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know if he meant Streetcar Named Desire or just didn't look up that he didn't win the Oscar. But he sent that, and I was like, that can't he be right. And that. I looked it up, yeah. and he won the Oscar for that movie. Yeah. Um, but also, shout out to – I mean, if Marlon Brando didn't win for On the Waterfront, that would definitely be on it. And I just think that's a slightly yeah. better performance than Streetcar. That's the only reason yeah. I – I don't yeah, think that, I just know that makes like it. everyone knows like Stella, Stella and all that and and yeah. you know he he is great in that movie and it you know before on the waterfront that so I, I I that's why I included it but I, I'm you know you're more of a Brando fan than I am so I thought I figured it would be on your list. I considered it, but yeah. my favorite performance of his is you know outside on of the, the Godfather and now the waterfront which yeah. he won for is Apocalypse Now. Well, and fair. you know yeah. that's. It's a big reason he didn't win Oscars because he was impossible to work with. And yeah. but the final product came together, and he was insanely good in that movie. Um, but also Tristan's just to throw some of his out there before we finalize ours in case anyone changes their mind. Um, so he had Adam Sandler on Cut Gems. He had Brando from a movie he won the Oscar for. He had Deborah Kerr from On a, a In a Fair to Remember, which I've never seen. I'm just assuming she won the Oscar for. <laughs> and then. Um, <laughs> Andy Serkis in Planet of the Apes or Lord of the Rings, which I think is reasonable. Yeah, I, um, I like the pick. I don't. I wouldn't replace anything for it, but I no. really like those picks. Yeah. No, I'm good with the four we have. If we want to lock those in. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I am too. Yeah, right. I don't know the shit about that Joan of Arc movie, so sorry. Sorry, old. I'll be honest. I, I, I never like actually either. watched it. I just know. Yeah, I was of course just, you haven't. I just. I've only seen. I've, yeah. It's just like the same with it. the Travis Pickle. It's always in those montages, and it was the year before the Oscars. So I'm like, oh, let's for representation's sake, let's give one to one that was like from before the Oscars even existed, and that's why it didn't win. Um. And so, um, uh, our overall shows Mount Rushmore sounds very similar to Johnny's list. We have Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We have Robert Shaw as Quint from Jaws. We have Adam Sandler as Howard in Uncut Gems and Robert De Niro as Travis Bickle in The Taxi Driver. Not Robert Downey Jr. No, <laughs> no. that is my four. Um, yeah. So I'm happy about that. I'm honestly surprised by that because I, I figured, I mean, we we would have so many across the board. I really did consider Lupita Nyong'o and Us, but I just didn't want two super modern movies. Same reason I took Nightcrawler off. I just had to go with my favorite performance of the 2010s, Yeah, basically for those. And that's mine. Um, so. Yeah, so it, I honestly also considered um, Robert Pattinson in... Um, Remember Me? Uh, not. <laughs> yep, you got it. And remember me. 
Good time. No, um, in good time because yeah. Until I saw that, like until I saw Uncut Gems, I think that was my favorite performance of the 2010s. And then I saw the Softy Brothers' next film and was just blown away because I, I, it's tough for me too because the the reason, like, I watched that movie and Jake Gyllenhaal disappears, but I'm still like every scene, I'm like, okay, well that's Jake Gyllenhaal. I just lose myself in Uncut Gems and forget that that's Adam Sandler, which is insane to me that I can do that because he's just even more of like a a figure I grew up with than. Yeah, I need Jill to watch Hall. it. So that's what kind of edges it over. And Bobby, you definitely need to watch it. It's the gr- fuck. Oh, he's not an athlete. Never mind. I was going to say, how did I not include him in our fictional sports characters? But it's fictional oh, athletes. Yeah, athletes, sports characters. Um, I mean, it, if we want to say also, uh, Kevin Garnett's not fictional, so Kevin Garnett is a fictional athlete no. because it's you know not his real life that that happened in yeah allegedly. <laughs> allegedly yeah it's based on a true story oh. it is i mean it's yeah it's true all right so i think that uh wraps it up for the most part any final I, thoughts i from think anyone? so any final thoughts no just mm. these are these are always fun i mean it's it, i i like when we go off book especially with one like this where we didn't have as much time to prepare. Yeah, we we came so up with kind this, of brainstorming. Yeah, we came up with this idea to do a Mount Rushmore uh, yesterday, I think. Yeah, last night, and then we made it work because we're we're good at this. Yeah, and my dog fell asleep, you know, towards the end of it, so that was fun. But now he's sleeping, so it works. All right, so I think that wraps up our show. Uh, for uh, Teddy Dupesville. Uh, Bobraham Lincoln and George Washington. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a George Washington. Uh, without further ado, goodbye. Hey, thank you for watching the Movie Change Up podcast. We'd really appreciate if you liked, commented, subscribed, and shared us with anyone you think might be into what we're doing over here. Thank you. Have a nice day.